morning. Our reading today is from the Gospel of John. It's in chapter 4, and we start at verse 46. It's on page 1067 of the Church Bibles, if you've got them. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he turned the water into wine. Oh, we've got a, that's even better. (laughs) Where he turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in in Galilee from, from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Lest the people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you'll never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. This is God's word. Good morning, can you hear me? Oh, I sound like I'm alive. (laughs) My name's Kirsty, and congratulations to Sharon on this uh, baptism day. And obviously we celebrate Mother's Day as well, and Mothering Sunday. But it is a very special day indeed for Sharon, and well done for managing to do it on her almost her second birthday, the second Mother's Day, that was very clever. Um, I was going to say this morning about mothers... Because I was an absolute nightmare of a daughter, and I'm sure Sharon won't be like that at all. In fact, I pray that she's a real, real blessing to you. But the Bible actually tells us that we should honour our parents. And uh, so I won't do a whole sermon on honouring our parents, but suffice to say, without our mothers, none of us would be here, so... Let's just say that. And Mothering Sunday, this is, again, as Pants was saying, it's a, it's a traditional, um, goes back centuries. But what I thought was, well, I don't know about interesting, I think was quite scary, was the fact that apparently children were sent away as young as 10 to go off and work, especially domestic servants were sent off. And they only came back once a year to their mother church. So... Um, May St. Matthews be Sharon's mother church. May she come back here more often than once a year. I think before we look at the passage this morning, we ought to pray. So let's just bow our heads for a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you invite us all into your family to be your children. You are our Heavenly Father. And we pray that as we look at this passage, you would just open our hearts and our minds 
to hear from you, the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was saying, God always intended his people to live as family. And that's why in the baptism service, we say, we welcome you into the fellowship of faith. We're all children of the same heavenly father. And actually, our daughter lives in South Africa. And so I'm really grateful that she's really involved with her church. There was like her family. And they look out for, especially as she's just had our grandchild. I better stop laboring that because I speak about it every week. He's six weeks old today. <laughs> but I'm so glad that, that she is really loved and supported by her family out there. And she's growing in her faith. So welcome, Sharon. We long to help Sharon with her family to grow in her faith and to know Jesus for herself as her Lord and Saviour. If you want to follow the passage, it's in the Church Bibles, it's in page 1067, or it's page 7 in the service sheet. And we read in the passage that the royal official's son was very close to death. Now, obviously, he was an important person in the community, being a royal official, but the bottom line was he was a dad, And he had a very sick son. And if you've ever had a very sick child, you'll know how fearful and desperate that can make you. In fact, I heard only yesterday from a friend of mine, Helena, who um, I've known for several years, that her daughter, who's a teenager, had collapsed at the beginning of the week. And she's now been diagnosed with an aggressive form of leukemia. It all happened this week. She's been a perfectly healthy child and she's... She's desperate, she's fearful, but she's asked us to pray. So she is on the service sheet for our prayers. Her daughter's called Iona. And when the royal official hears that Jesus has arrived in town, and he goes to find him, he seeks him out, and he begs him, he's desperate, he begs him to come and heal his son. It's interesting, Jesus responds with, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. But this royal official doesn't give up. He says, please, will you come before my son dies? And Jesus says to him, go, your son will live. And in fact, it turns out his son is healed at that very moment that Jesus says, your son will live, go, your son will live. And as a result of this miracle, not only does the royal official believe, but his whole household. So what will it to believe in Jesus, to believe in his power to heal, to transform our lives. So I thought I'd tell you my story. Well, a brief version of it anyway, otherwise we'll be here all day. Know my story. Um, But I was baptised as a baby in my local church. And then um, I used to go most weeks with my parents. That was a poetry. And then I was sent off at 11 to a church boarding school. And at 14... I was confirmed. It was something you did at a Church of England boarding school. In fact, you had to make a real fuss not to be confirmed. And it was like a rite of passage. And so I had this big confirmation service. But a couple of weeks before I got confirmed, I had this really awkward conversation with my mother who said to me, believe in Jesus, don't you? And I said, why? What's that got to do with anything? I had no concept of what I was doing, that I was about to confirm my baptism vows And I didn't believe in Jesus. So despite growing up in the church, you don't always believe in Jesus. But we have hope. 
I had a mother who kept praying for me and never gave up, and a God who never gave up on me. So, back to my little story. Needless to say, I stopped going to church as soon as I had to, because we had to go every week at school. And, uh, but then when I had children of, of my own, I was a bit like, oh, I was baptised as a baby. My husband was baptised as a baby. He didn't go to church at all. And um, I thought, well, if there's any truth in this, I mean, if this God thing is real, then maybe I ought to get my children baptised. I think Pads would say he did it out of family tradition because he was baptised as a baby. And most of you know the story. Pads and I were an absolute couple of rebels. I won't tell you about my very colourful life, but suffice to say that God is a God of great mercy. And as most of you know the story, Pads... Because we never went to church, apart from when our children were baptised, and then we stopped going about two weeks later. Um, Pads had a, um, an encounter with God on a business trip to South Africa in 2000. And when he got back, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to go to church. What's happened to him? Oh dear, it's so boring. I don't want to go to church. But I did go, really for the sake of our marriage, because otherwise I think I was going to be on my own. And um, I have to admit, it was different to what I remembered as a child. But I really felt I didn't fit in. I felt like a square peg in a round hole. But despite how I felt, I was encouraged to explore the Christian faith for myself. And it was suggested I went on an alpha course. It's actually something we run here as well. But I kept feeling, well, this isn't for me, but I'll go along, I'll go along. But on the 17th of October 2001, it's a day I shall never remember, my whole life was turned upside down. I'd been for lunch with a lovely Christian lady, and she challenged me. She challenged me to open my heart to Jesus and invite him in. Now, to be quite honest, I didn't really understand what she meant, but I thought, well, it's not going to do me any harm. So we prayed together. Nothing happened. Of course, I didn't expect anything to happen. That was until I rang Pads and I said to Pads, oh, you'll never guess what I've done. Because by this time, obviously, he was probably running the church already. And I said, you'll never guess what I've done. I've invited Jesus into my life. And it was at that exact moment that I was filled with this incredible heat. And I had a vision of Jesus that was so real as you are here today to me. It was so real and so powerful. And I was filled with this incredible love. And I actually, in that instant, was transformed into a very dangerous evangelist. Because I kept saying, why did no one tell me about Jesus? He's real. He's alive and he's real. And everyone was like, yeah? Uh, Well, you did grow up in the church. And I said, no, but I never understood that Jesus was real, that he is a living God. So shortly after that... I reaffirmed my baptismal vows. In style, I got fully immersed and I declared publicly my faith in Jesus. For myself, I believed. Oops. And I thank God that he never gives up on us. And I thank my mother too, because I was, as I said, a nightmare. Anyway, back to our Bible passage. Jesus said, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And I was one of those people who needed a sign and a wonder. But what can we learn from the royal official's actions? He went looking for Jesus. He, he was desperate. He was seeking Jesus. And we need to do that. If we are serious, we need to seek Jesus for ourselves and admit we need help. 
this royal official, he took Jesus at his word. Jesus said, go, your son will live. And he did. He he went. He believed him. And that applies to us too. The Bible is the living word of God to us because it's primarily through the Bible that God speaks to us. There are other ways, but he primarily speaks to us through his Bible. It is the living word of God, what God has to say to us. Then we need to read his word and listen. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, It judges the thoughts and attitudes. Jesus also said in Luke chapter 11, blessed are those who hear my word, the word of God, and obey it. And that's what the royal official did, the word of God, and he obeyed it. He set off home, and his servants met him as he was on his way home, and they said, your son has been healed. There's a similar story in Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus heals a centurion servant. The centurion understands the power and authority of the word of God, and he actually addresses Jesus as Lord. And he says, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? What's Jesus saying to you? Shall I come and heal you? Shall I come and change your life? Do you really want that? Do you want to meet with me? The centurion says, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. So that is what we need to do. If we're serious about being a follower of Jesus, we need to seek him like that royal official. And that royal official didn't give up when Jesus said, oh, you need signs and wonders. He said, you need to come. He's going to die. You need to come. We need to do that. We need to earnestly seek Jesus for ourselves and take him at his word. In our passage, the outcome was the whole household believed. And I don't know about you, but I long for my whole household to to believe in Jesus. Sharon's parents and godparents, you've taken that first step on behalf of Sharon. You're trusting her to God. And there is no greater thing that we can do than putting our trust in Jesus and becoming part of God's family. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I mean, that's completely mind-blowing. That if we open our hearts and invite Jesus in, We become children of the living God, the God who made this whole world and the universe, invites us to be his children. But reflecting on my own journey to faith, I mentioned that when I first went back to church, I felt I didn't fit in. I won't tell you the thoughts in my head because I used to think, oh my goodness. But I really felt I didn't fit in. But when I opened my heart to Jesus and said, yeah, okay, come home. So what do you want Jesus to do for you today? Maybe to give you the courage to open your heart to him. Perhaps maybe to give you faith to believe that he can heal you or heal the situation that you find yourselves in. 
Or perhaps it's just to give you that deep, deep reassurance that you are indeed a child of God and that he loves you beyond all measure. Whatever it is, Jesus is here. He's in the building. He's here by his spirit. And he longs to hear from you. He doesn't want to hear any more from me, probably. But he longs to hear from you. So open your hearts to him. The the band are going to come and play a song for us, a song that really, really impacted me. Fun enough, I heard it for the first time in South Africa. And I really want to encourage you to listen to the words of this song. Because when we invite Jesus in, we become children of the living God. And there is no more fear. Because Jesus might not change it exactly as you expected it to, might change you in the process, but there is nothing that Jesus cannot do. So as the band play this song, listen to the words which will appear up on the screen, listen to the words of this song, and I encourage you, I implore you, if you haven't already opened your heart to Jesus, do so. It'll change your life for good. It's not going to be anything awful, but you'll be more loving, more peaceful, more wonderful things that God wants to give us as people. And if there's a situation you're struggling with, whatever it is, a relationship, whatever it is, there's nothing Jesus can't do. So just talk to him about it. Talk to him about it and just invite us again. Invite the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come and speak to us, your people. Come. Thank you that you are here and that you love us. We are your children.